You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 275, Leading Through the Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, this may be the oddest leadership uh, teaching you've ever heard because we don't necessarily equate leadership and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But if you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you in just a second that will kind of bring this to light. But I think as we go through this, you're going to realize how important uh, your leadership is uh, conducted through the Holy Spirit and through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. This is from uh, the letter of Galatians, Paul's letter, uh, chapter 5, verses 19 to 24. Now it says this, The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Now, we don't necessarily think of those things in the context of a work setting, at least I hope not, although you might have had some uh, bosses that you thought might be sorcerers. Uh, But then these kind of do come into play. Uh, After sorcery, the list continues where Paul's talking about these works of the flesh, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, and then drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Um, Paul continues, I warn you as I have warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with all its passions and desires. So, you know, when we're talking about these things in the context of leadership, um, as we looked at the ones that Paul considered negative, the attitudes, the attributes, the the, the things that, that um, some people allow to control them, I think the ones that are probably the most applicable to us um, on the negative side are enmity, um, just being at odds with people, just that contentious person. You've all met them. They just, you know, you can't say good morning to them without them wanting to argue about it. There's just that enmity. Strife, you know, there's just always some kind of conflict going on in the office. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. You know, you've seen these things, I've seen these things in the workplace, and they're not healthy. Now, what's even worse is when these attributes, these fruits, these um, characteristics are evident in the leadership. And again, I've seen it, you've seen it, where one boss is jealous of another one, um, where one boss has these fits of anger that Paul talks about. He just can't control his temper. 
Um, the rivalries, one boss competing with another, uh, dissensions, divisions, envy. Um, you know, I've seen this in so many different work settings. And obviously, this creates a very unhealthy culture. This creates very unhealthy workers. And it creates a very unhealthy workplace environment. But then Paul gives us these other things. He, he talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, you believe that what he's talking about is these are the things that, that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. And even if you're not a Christian, these are still things that we can strive for and, and attempt to see uh, really uh, become a part of our lives because they're so important. So I'm going to read through them again, and then we're going to talk about a few of them today, and then we'll probably continue a couple more uh, episodes. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are the ones that, that Paul says we should have. And I want us to look at, the, uh, at, at these things through the lens, through the leadership lens, and see how they can help us be more effective leaders. go away. I'll be right back. Uh, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is a closer look at 12 of the lesser known characters in the New Testament. You know, maybe you've you've been in a group picture before and when you look at it, you see that, that one person that was just barely in the frame. Maybe they were hidden behind someone who was taller or someone who was bigger and you can just see the top of their head. Well, you know, when we read the New Testament, there are people like that. There are some folks in the New Testament we don't know a whole lot about. We may only see the top of their head. Maybe we may only see half of their face. But if we're willing to dig a little bit, there's information there that will help us um, find out some things about these people. So these are people, some of the names you've heard, some of the names you, you probably haven't unless you've really read very carefully. But each of these people has a story. Remember, every picture tells a story. And, and these people have something, even today, that they can still tell us. So New Testament Snapshots. This is a, it's a fascinating book. I know it will help you. Check it out. You can go to Amazon, read a little bit, see if you like it, and then click on the Buy button. Well, okay. We are talking about leading through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And today, I'm going to kind of focus on three of these. And... Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to, to get a different perspective on how we view our organization, how we view our leadership style through the lenses of these positive fruits, these positive characteristics, these positive attitudes. The first one Paul talks about is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Well, you know, love is not something as leaders we necessarily think, especially if you're in a uh, working for a company and you're a, a manager or a supervisor, you've got deadlines, you've got things you need to make happen. We don't necessarily come to work thinking how much we love our people. But one of the greatest things that we can develop as a leader is a genuine love, and if that word is too strong for you, a genuine concern for the people who work for us and with us. Um, 
when I got promoted in the police department, when I got promoted to sergeant, um, the first person that I worked for as a lieutenant, he was my boss, was someone who had just come out of internal affairs, and he had that reputation of, of, of you know, man, he'll get you if you step out of line. And I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you, but I had known the guy on a personal level and never had any trouble with him, but you just never know how working in internal affairs is going to change you. And so the first day I sat down with him, he was kind of telling me what he expected from me. And he said, listen, I know what people say about me. He said, but I want you to understand, I care about our people. And if you're going to work for me, you have to care about our people too. He said, our people are our most valuable resource. We take care of them. Obviously, if there's something that we need to correct, we'll correct it. But do everything you can to support and take care of our people. That is is what love looks like in a workplace environment. Um, Genuine concern, genuine care for your people. These aren't just um, cogs in a wheel. These aren't just parts of the machinery. These are people who have families. These are people who have goals and aspirations and dreams. These are people who have um, lives of their own. They don't just li- they, do- they don't just exist to to serve you and serve your company or even your your church. And so, as leaders, one of the greatest things that we can develop is a genuine love, a genuine concern for our people, because when we do that, they're going to know it, they're going to see it, they're going to feel it, and they're going to appreciate it. And it's going to really be a lubricant. Um, you know, if we talk about cogs in the wheels, that love is going to coat everything and make everything go so much more smoothly. So learning how to lead, developing an attitude of love and concern for our people. The second one is joy. Joy. You know, joy is one of those things that when we work for a leader who has it, sometimes we don't just think about it. We think, yeah, you know, good person, happy person, good to work for. But when we work for someone who doesn't have it, it becomes so apparent. The person who's moody, the person who's grouchy, the person who never smiles. Oh, how unpleasant is that? The greatest leaders to work for, the people who smile, who have some joy, who, who, who know how to you know laugh at themselves. I mean, how great is that when you've got a boss that doesn't take themselves too seriously? You know, again, when I was with the police department as a young sergeant, I told you about my lieutenant, but the uh, the the major who I was working for, he was over our precinct. Um, he had a lot of responsibility, but he was one of the most joyous people I've ever met. He he, he would always smile. He would always. Um, ask you how you were doing. He would always take time to have a conversation with you. He was self-deprecating, and he didn't have to be. He he was you know a senior guy, had been around longer than all of us, but he didn't take himself too seriously, and it gave us permission to relax and smile as well. Learning how to lead with joy just creates such a a, a better environment to work in. Wouldn't you rather go work for a leader who exudes joy, happiness, um, whatever you want to call it, rather than a leader who exudes grouchiness, anger, uh, you know, that guy who's just always moody, who just, you, you never know which side of the bed they got up on. 
They don't smile. They don't laugh. And God forbid you, you, you laugh at them, you know, because they take themselves so seriously. So learning how to lead with joy will transform your leadership. It's going to be one of those things that are going to attract people to you because Lord knows the world is negative enough. There's enough negativity going on in our society that when you find someone uh, who, who is a leader, is your boss, is your manager, is your supervisor, is your pastor, whatever the role might be, when you can exude genuine joy, people are going to be so attracted to that. So leading with love, leading with joy, and then the third one we'll talk about today is leading with peace. Leading with peace. You know, there's something about working for somebody who is at peace. They're secure in themselves. They're not second-guessing themselves all the time. They just are at peace with who they are. I don't know if you've ever worked for somebody like this. The, the leader who is insecure. The leader who is hesitant to make a decision. The leader who is um, really it ter- in turmoil within themselves. They're it it you know odds with somebody else in the company. They're always looking for conflict, as opposed to that leader who just comes in. They exude peace. They tell you, "Hey, listen, everything's going to be fine. We're okay," and they convey that peace to you. You know there are some leaders, there are some managers, there's some supervisors who actually enjoy sowing seeds of anxiety and fear among their people. There's this attitude that that if I um, can kind of keep you a little scared of, for your job, you'll come in and work harder. And, and, and there's probably some truth to that, but that doesn't make it right. Um, you know, this idea that if I keep you scared, if, if you don't ever know how where you stand, um, you know, with your job, you're going to come in and really give me a little bit more because you're scared that, uh, that something might happen to that position. And, you know, how, how terrible is that to come to work scared? Uh, one of the positions I had with the police department was when I was a lieutenant, I oversaw several different units at the same time. And one of the groups that I oversaw was um, around, around 20 civilians. And they served as uh, civilian code enforcement officers. And these, these guys and girls, you know, they got out, they worked hard every day, they were good folks. But there was a rumor, and it was actually more than a rumor, it was something that the, uh, the, the county that we worked for was looking at doing away with their positions. There were some serious budgetary issues, and, you know, they looked at this and said, you know, if we get rid of these 20 civilians, we can hire several more police officers. And so, it was a, a, a powerful thing. You know, these guys were every day, they were coming to work scared, not sure if their jobs were going to be there. And, and you know, I, I took that very seriously. And so I made sure every single day to, uh, to spend some time talking to them and just saying, listen, I'll let you know something as soon as I find out. Um, you know, I had no control over the decision other than just constantly telling my boss how important and how valuable these guys were. And ultimately, the county decided to keep them. But can you imagine coming to work every single day, not knowing if today's the day the axe is going to fall? And so as a boss, as a leader, I tried to do everything I could to, 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 to help them feel comfortable, to help bring that idea of peace. 
And, you know, we, we talked about when we were looking at the negative ones of these, we talked about enmity and strife and jealousy and fits of anger and rivalries and dissensions, divisions, envy. What about if we throw some peace in there? You know, listen, we don't have to compete with anybody. Sure, sometimes it's good to have some healthy competition among the sales team. Absolutely. Sometimes it's healthy to have some good competition between the divisions. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it because we hate each other. You know, we're doing it for to push us, to motivate each other. But we're never doing it because we're worried we're going to lose our job. So let's, let's as a boss, as a leader, let's make sure that we convey this sense of peace. And you know, sometimes it's even in the words we use. I mean, have you ever had this happen to you? You know, the boss sends you a text on your way in and says, I need you to meet with me as soon as you get here. Well, what does that do to you? Or the boss will just say, listen, I need to talk to you. Meet me in the morning. And then when you you know you you spend a sleepless night tossing and turning thinking you're going to get fired and you you know you you show up in the office the next morning you know with fear and trembling and he says yeah I just you know I've got this project for you and I want you to handle it for me. Well, of course now you're relieved, but I don't think sometimes as leaders, as bosses, as managers, as supervisors we realize the the weight that our words carry. And you know, even the words we use um, can can either convey peace or take peace away. And so what does that look like? That may mean just saying, hey, listen, I got a project I need to talk to you about. Can you meet me in my, can you be my, come by my office in the morning? Well, right then, you've taken away any of the unknown, you know, except maybe something good. Now there's something good going to happen. I get to talk about something new. Um or if it's if it's legit, I mean, if it's you know some type of disciplinary action or some type of corrective thing, say, hey, listen, we had this situation, and it wasn't handled correctly, and we need to talk about it. Now, your job's fine; don't worry about that. But we, we do need to talk about it. And we've got to address it. Well, what have we, what have we done there? We've let them know they're not going to get fired, and we've said we've got something we've got to address. There's nothing wrong with that. So anyway, as a leader, as a manager, as a supervisor, as a pastor. Let the words we use, let's convey peace. So today we've talked about the importance of developing an attitude of love or consideration or care for our people, whatever you want to call it. Leading with joy, you know, learning how to smile, learning how to laugh at ourselves. You know, not taking ourselves too seriously, a little bit of, uh, you know, lightening the mood a little bit, and then also leading with peace. You know, sometimes people worry learning how to calm them down, learning how to convey this steady, rock-solid atmosphere of peace. You know, people are going to be drawn to you. If you're, if you're worried, if the boss is worried, then the people are going to be worried too. So let's, let's convey this sense of peace in our lives, and then it'll be passed on to our people. All right, well, we will jump back in next week. we got several more of these to talk about, but I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment in the comments section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I will see you next week.